I'm still saying off the back of that as well, we'd love to see Dev Patel as the Doctor. Um, it will never happen, but maybe. Um, yeah, it'd be good. I'm, I think he's a bit big for it, though, isn't he? Mate? Well, no, maybe. Well, but that's the thing. Maybe it's a case of he he's got a, he's got. A, well, you say he's a bit big, but like he sort of disappeared for a while, didn't he? Like he didn't really yeah. do a lot between Slumdog and. Do you know what I mean? Slumdog was like a massive mm. thing, obviously, but then he sort of kind of disappeared for a while. And now he's sort of re-emerging and doing these, but he's doing these oh, yeah. weird little sort of, he's obviously, he can pick and choose what he wants to do. He can do like David Copperfield and this and, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah it's fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that's probably what we should say for the pod, shouldn't we? So yeah. <laughs> let me do the, let's uh, crack on. Yeah, let me do the opening bit. Hello and welcome to the Omcast. My name is Dom, it's one half of the Omcast and joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Uh, boy. Well met, sir. Well met, good sir. Good morrow to you. You look like a knight. You look like a knight. You dress like a knight. How can you tell he's a knight? He's not covered in shit. (laughs) (laughs) In, In this episode, we're talking about the Green Knight, an epic Arthurian legend directed by David Lowry and starring Dev Patel. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been on the radar for a long time for sort of film nerds like us. Um, and it's just, it's it looked incredible. This sort of weird high fantasy. Yeah. And it is an Arthurian legend. It's based on a epic poem. Yeah. 14th um, century poem. Yeah. About Sir, Sir Gawain or Sir, I always thought it was Sir Gawain, but everyone in the film calls him Sir Gawain. Yeah. Um, well, that's, it's a uh, disputed yeah thing the pronunciation of it um and yeah what who is one of um king arthur's knights of the round table and there's a story about him and the green knight as told in a poem and they this director david lowry who's a very sort of celebrated director by all by all the council though i couldn't really tell you much that he's done before um he did george and the dragon or pete's dragon yeah exactly i saw that i just looked up his his um imdb i was like okay that live action Disney film that no one saw. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. Um, and it's starring Dev Patel as uh, Sir Gawain and a few sort of a couple of big names in amongst it, but it's very much an ensemble cast. Um, yeah. But it is. I don't. I don't know. What to, I don't. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm kind of it. It sounds wanky, but I feel like it is the closest you'll ever see to a poem put on screen, really. Like, it's like arty and out there and just just visual storytelling on a level that you've, like, I've never quite seen anything like it before. Mm. And it's it's brilliant. I'll say it is amazing. And I was like I say, just for the pure originality of it, I was blown away by it. Yeah, I... Really enjoyed it, yeah. But yeah. it did end. Up, yeah, there were a few, not snagging points, but it was kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like there were things about it that I loved, yeah. And there were things about it that I'm like, okay, this is interesting, but like it's 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 deliberate, almost deliberately obtuse in oh, places yeah. with some of the things that it does. And that's sort of frustrated me a little bit. I can see some people finding this really pretentious and annoying. I can, mm. I totally get that. Um, and that's the thing. It was like almost definitively an A24 film. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Like the production time. company A24, they do a lot of like indie, arty type films. Things so like they the did like The Lighthouse and First Cow and stuff like that. Um, you know, and all their films are, are you know, by the by pretty bloody good mm. but yeah this one i was expecting a little bit more in a couple of places mm. um but at the same time it's so me being me i went and read the poem of course you did right and then listened to an audiobook adaptation of said poem mm-hmm. and then yeah and it's it's quite different yeah. Okay. Principally, it's the same, but 
there are some fairly significant changes to it, which I think might be more spoiler territory. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll definitely have to do some spoilers then, um, because I'm really interested to see how it stacks up. Because I know obviously it's a, like I say, it's it's they they bring it up at the front that it, it's a epic poem, but is that what was it 12th century or 14th century? 14th century, 14th yeah. Century. And written that like by anonymous, there's no name attached to it. Yeah, and, and it didn't even have it. We didn't even have a title up yeah. until fairly recently. So, yeah. um, um, and then it's been reinterpreted by the director, and the director has written it for the screen specifically. So yeah, I'm interested to see during that process what's been kept and what's been lost. Um, I mean, from the outset, there's the obvious um, element of it, whereby it's the casting of Deb Patel. Um, which is interesting. I think they do it. They do this uh, a fairly good job at the beginning of the movie of setting up like the world is a, a multicultural one, um, yeah, or multi ethnicity one at least. Um, and it's kind of it's never really properly mentioned, but there is one little slide uh, nod to it, which I thought was really interesting. Where um, so Sir Gawain is getting or Gawain is getting his portrait painted, and in the portrait they paint him as a white man. Yeah. That was interesting. I thought that was that was quite a you know a, <laughs> that's quite a um, a subtle nod to the idea that obviously you know the idea that the white the, white washing in yeah, history white washing of history like the idea that like all of them um, you know the people who are going back that far when you're talking about the Knights of the Round Table or like you know like the the twelve disciples of Christ they're all just white because that's the way they've been whitewashed but in actual fact if those people did exist they very much likely wouldn't have been um yeah and, you know and arthur again if he existed would have gathered people from all over the and obviously well arthur himself was roman arthur himself was roman obviously one of his best mates was um i know i'm thinking of robin hood i was gonna say uh uh fucking uh, morgan freeman from, <laughs> yeah. from prince of thieves um the painted man <laughs> Fuck it, yeah gonna, we got the prince of thieves one day <laughs> we do love, we definitely do i love that film and they inevitably reboot robin hood again um yeah next watch. time they do a robin hood a contemporary gritty rewatch reboot yeah. um they'll all be wearing hoodies yeah and robin in the hood <laughs> uh, it'll be called rob yeah oh didn't they do that i feel didn't like BBC no, no, do that? no there was one called twist which was that for oliver twist no, I think it was probably it's a bit further back. They did oh, a Robin. No, I think the BBC one was still like medieval. Oh, was it? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, I'm getting off the subject. Point. Yeah, so they yeah, and they set up this um, Sir Gawain, who's again he's meant to be the nephew of King Arthur. Yeah, um, and it's King Arthur, and this is played by um, Sean Harris. Sean Harris, who people might recognise from like the um, from the Mission Impossible movies. Um, yeah, and he's played as you know he's he's like he's old King Arthur. He's been you know he's the legend himself sort of thing, but he's coming to the end of his reign, um, and he's very sort of reflective. And I just some of those opening scenes that were brilliant, and it, I think it just it really it sets up the the, the quest really well, um, and not in so much even in when we get into the main story of the Green Knight and what that challenge is and all the rest of it. I just mean just that that open that conversation that's had between. Gawain and Arthur um, yeah. really just makes you understand his motivation for everything that happens later really like in a very succinct way yeah and it's you know it <clears throat> it does a lot really early on with being um, like consistent with what it tells you about how things are going and what, what you're looking at what sort of story is and then it sort of leads you in and those scenes really early on is quite telling on you're like, right, okay, this is the sort of story that is, you know, he's the young guy, he's the the Yeah, like there's the, there's a un, there are universal elements and and like sort of it's like the what's his name? Was the is it Joseph Campbell, Hero with a Thousand Phases? Yeah. Is that is that archetypal, you know, like the young man trying to prove himself who feels like he hasn't done anything with his life. And it's like we've seen that a million times in like pop, popular culture now, but those archetypes go all the way back to Arthurian legend, don't they? It's just, yeah. like, and it's seeing it in its most base format almost. Um, but there's a reason why those stories resonate because they are true to life to a certain extent. Yeah. Because, and, and that's the thing. I think that's one of the, the more drastic changes that they've done from the original texts mm. is how they portray Gawain 
Yeah. Or Gowan. Whatever. Um, but yeah, so how they portray him, because in this, they both do the same thing. Like, you know, inevitably, as we've seen in the trailers, the Green Knight turns up at this banquet and lays down uh, a challenge slash Christmas game. Mm. And Gowan sort of accepts that challenge. Now, in the in the text, the Arthur is Arthur does it. Right. And says, Yeah, I'll do this. And everyone's like, no, 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 whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. No, no. This is this sounds dodgy. Yeah. Okay. Like, this sounds dodgy. So come on. And then Gowan steps up. And everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, Gowan's gonna do it. And then what happens, happens. Um, but it is really interesting because the, the archetypally speaking, like it's it's a more he's a more complex character in the book in the in the poem in some ways, and then because it's the quest that he's on is yeah I don't know it's it's tough to say without spoiling it. But what I can say is in so in the book, it's it's I'm gonna keep saying the book rather than the text because I sound like a bell end when I say the original text. Yeah, okay. Um but yeah, so in the book, like he he accepts the challenge and goes on the quest, like and they're they're like, Oh yeah, and the year passes and uh he does his thing. Yeah. And you're like, right, okay. Sorry, we should probably explain what the what the challenge is and everything. Yeah, so basically, the, the Good idea, point. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's... <clears throat> so the basic idea is that this green knight, and it's literally the way they depict it in the um film, anyway, is that he's like a tree person, like a sort of like a imagine like an ent from Lord of the Rings, but scaled down, like he's yeah. like a six foot tall ent. Um, and it's done amazingly well, like the way they the, the sort of prosthetics and the and the mixture of the way they do the voice and everything is amazing, yeah. And they have this Ralph Innocent, isn't it? Is that who it is? I, for, for some reason, at one point, I thought it was Sean Harris playing both. I thought it was right. Sean Harris under all the makeup, and that was like supposed to be some part, you know, part of the metaphor. Um, because all of this, all this whole movie is just layered with metaphor and simile, and like everything represents something else. <laughs> um, nothing is what it seems, um, and that's part of the reason why I really want to like watch it a couple more times and really delve into it. Um, but yeah, the idea. So the central idea at the beginning of it, and we see this even in the trailers. Is that yeah the green knight this um otherworldly being turns up in the middle of this banquet um that king arthur is hosting with all these um knights and his they are sitting at a round table like is the set dressing is all there for you to know like it's familiar for anyone who knows king yeah arthur. um and then yeah this knight turns up and he challenges anyone he says anyone can land a blow against me um but know that in he um in one year hence i will return that blow exactly the same um, yeah you will seek me out seek me out and find me at a green chapel which is like he gives very vague directions as to where it is and six days north out. yeah six days north um but and on it's on christmas day on christmas day next year you will seek me out and whatever you've done whatever blow you struck to me i will strike back to you that is the game and then what happens happens gawain steps up and he takes on the challenge and he strikes down the green knight um, and then the question then becomes, what's he going to do at the end of the year? Is he actually going to go and find him? Um, if he is, what's, what does that mean? Uh, because, you know, the, the blow that Gawain struck would have been a fatal blow for anyone else. The way that it works out with the knight is not so much because he's some yes. otherworldly being, picks up his severed head and just runs out of there and screaming like a madman. And the, the sort of the tension of the film is that if Gawain is to get there and the same thing happens to him, he's just going to die yeah surely and that's this sort of this question and it's about him sort of grappling with his mortality and they're like well if it's to do with honor and now am i dishonorable if i don't do it i you know i've become this legend now and everyone expects you know because i'm the man who killed the green knight and if i then don't fulfill the my duty of it then i let everyone down and it's it's quite it's, like i say it is otherworldly and crazy and you know Arthur and all the rest of it but there are some universal themes in there and you think for something that's 700 years old yeah it's crazy isn't it <laughs> the story that it tells and you go well actually like 
for what it does, the adaptation of the story itself is largely there. And like the messaging is there and like the green sash is, plays a big thing in the text as well. And Mm. yeah, it's a really, really interesting way of doing things. It's quite stripped back from a story perspective because it is this sort of singular narrative about somebody sort of, trying yeah, to struggling that, to find their place in the world yeah and after that initial setup then basically what you get is you get that setup and then they sort of they fast forward through quite a lot of the the following year and then you basically the most the vast majority of the runtime of the movie is the quest but even that is kind of divvied up into lots of like episodic elements i would say like he, he yeah. counts different people on his journey and they take up a, a little chunk of screen time but they're kind of not connected to one another they're just different like tests that he has to pass some of them are physical, some of them are mental, some of them are to do with, you know, there are all these different challenges that he has to overcome as he goes down, but they're not this, they're like, yeah, you have all these different, an ensemble cast of just random people turn up for a couple of scenes and then they're gone and then he's on to the next one. So yeah. it does feel episodic in that way. Um, I don't know, does that represent what the quest is like in the text or? No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, not, not, not even a little bit of shit. So with the the story that you see in um in the film up until he gets to at the start of the third it's no spoiler to say but as you see it in the trailer when he arrives at a castle right at the start of like the third act um is like pretty much the larger large part of the story okay so the, so the, so the, the bit in between him leaving Camelot yeah. and going to and going on his quest, like all the stuff that happens on screen is like one line. It's literally one or two lines. Wow. Okay. So it is really, really interesting to see sort of how it takes it and what it does with it. So like, so and, like, so like similarly then, so I'm trying to think of what happens in those scenes then. So, we get a scene with a character played by uh, Barry Keogh, who people will recognise yeah. from from things like um, uh, Dunkirk, amongst other things. Um, yeah. So he's in it as this, yeah, and he crosses over this battlefield of like just laid out bodies. Does that happen in the text, or is that mentioned in passing? That he nope. Past? Nope. Not even a little bit. Right. Okay. Um, what about um, the leader of the flag smashers? Does she turn up? Nope. Nope. That's all just made up. Yeah. Fucking hell. Okay. Well, it's like I tell you what, like they you wouldn't notice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's weird. <laughs> it's weird and like and sort of they they nail that tone in terms of the everyone speaking in riddles and the and the and the way that, like the, the things that are set up like in terms of the the lessons they're teaching him and the quests he has to pass. You wouldn't they, they don't feel out of place those in unless you had told me I wouldn't have known that they weren't part of the original story yeah well and the um so i'm not sure about the barry keown part but the bit with um what's her name erin kellerman um erin kellerman i think her name is yeah yeah um that's from another sort of medieval oh okay poem and she's saint winifred okay right okay so when he says, when when the, the the flavor text pops up on the screen and says, uh, and Winifred, it's Saint Winifred, and that's the story that it was. So the story okay. was that she turned, um, and no, I'm not going to say because again, it's a spoiler. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into like spoiler territory in a bit. But yeah, yeah like the largest part in the middle, like yeah. Um, the bit that you see in the trailer with the giants, that's alluded to. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, when he arrives at the castle, that's like the broadest part of, so there's the lead up, which is what we see at the start of the intro. And then it talks about the year as time passes from dust to, to sky and blah, 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 blah. And it does it. It's quite lovely in the way that it's sort of the pros. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite nice. I love the way, and, uh, the way the, that's what I love about this as well. Is like I feel like it, like I say, it is like a if a film was a poem, 
because like the way they show that in visual language is to show that um the the puppets and the little, yeah. the, the wheel that just turns and, and you see all the different seasons go past and like that's their interpretation of that little part of the text where they're explaining how time moves on it's like what we're doing yeah. in, a, in a completely visual way there's no, that's what i love as well that like they rely so much on their visual language that they don't have like i feel like a lesser version of this would have had a uh, voiceover yeah there would have been a voiceover of what Gwen was thinking what like or he'll be doing there'll be some device where like he was writing letters back to his mother or his his lo- lover or whatever and you would have heard it over the like a bit like you know like the um the shit version of um blade runner yeah, Decker, De- 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 like he has to just spoon feed everything about what he's thinking, what he's feeling, and how he feels <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the quest, and all that shit. That was yeah. what they could have done, but they they rely so much. They like understand you, or they respect the audience enough to not do that, and they rely so much on not only everything around them, but also the performance of Dev Patel for you to know exactly where you're meant to be. Um, that and that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I love all that stuff. And it is like from the, the way that it's shot. Oh, I mean, man. I'm trying to get to what uh, I'm trying to get away from the story beats here until we get into the spoiler territory. Yeah, let's yeah, let's just talk about the. the, but the I want to talk about, it. yeah, from like a cinematic perspective, it's absolutely beautiful. I've never seen anything like it. There are so many shots in it that are just literally like paintings that you could just like pr- like put on your wall. They are just yeah. absolutely stunning, and not only that, just things like the costume design and just the and the set design, the way things look, is like it's yeah, amazing. it's so yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how what else to say. And it's like the color that's in there, the texture that exists in it, the way that the the costumes are so uh, elaborately designed, but not in a way that it's distracting. Yeah. So when you see uh like lady guinevere's cost like uh bodice and stuff and it's got all the um it's covered in like these almost like pin badges of like religious iconography and it's just amazingly well laid out and you just sort of yeah just sort of blew my mind a bit really yeah and so then photographer i'm trying to figure out who he is and what he's done well, that's the thing because we stuck around, didn't we, to try and find out who it was? But well, it's just he's uh, a cinematographer. Is a guy called Andrew Droz Palomino. Um, okay, and he's done filmography. Cinematographer. There you go. Green Knight. The True Adventures of Wolf Boy. Strange Angel. The Long Dumb Road. Um, fucking yeah, loads of shit you've never even heard of. Um, a really? ghost story that he's, he did, which is a, another one by the same director, by uh, David Lowry. Ah, uh, that's a ghost story. That's the one with um, uh, Casey, Casey Affleck, Affleck, isn't it? Yeah, there's a couple that he's done with Casey Affleck, this director. So, yeah, that's not his fault though, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit unfortunate because obviously this, I feel like both the director and the cinematographer are going to do big things, and like I'm off the back of this now. If I see something in, in a movie, um, you know, in a trailer or whatever, so from the director of The Green Knight, I'm going to be excited. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Off the, off the back of this, because regardless of how well or, you know, whether it failed or not or, or whatever, it's something to behold and it is just, it is a swing. And I appreciate the swing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, and that's the thing for the fact that when we were saying about, like, when we were talking about The Lighthouse. Yeah. And we were like, let's have more of these. Let's have this non-standard cinema. Let's have yes. things that's not part of a huge franchise or something. Yeah. Let's do and something that, original. And that is what A24 are doing. Because I think, is it, did A24 do St. Maud as well? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because that's another one where it's, it's very unique. It's not quite like anything else you've seen that year. Like, And there's only like one or two of them a year now. And they're almost exclusively coming from A24. Um, yeah, directors like uh, Jordan Peele and people like that, but there aren't. Yeah, there aren't many of them. Um, but I'm like not the sure. new Hollywood. Yeah, and that's why, like, we we went out of our way because we should talk a little bit about the how this ended up being released. Mm. Um, because it's been it's been back and forth. Obviously, it's been delayed like everything else. It got delayed because of the um, pandemic. It got shifted around for some weird reason. It got they did open it um, normally in America a couple of months ago. Yeah, but they they specifically pulled the UK release date, 
um off the back of like there were rising covid cases and they didn't feel like what they wanted mm. to and it's like and it's like it looked like there wasn't going to be an opportunity to see it in the cinema at all um and amazon bought the rights to it um and that was it's on amazon and, and already on amazon. Right. so they literally what they what they did manage to do though but and they they finally announced that they were there is going to be a day and date um release at cinemas on the 24th of september which was just this week just gone um yeah so it came out at, at cinemas and on um amazon on the same day when i say it came out on cinemas um <laughs> It was a fucking massive pain in the ass to find a showing of it. Like you couldn't. Like, there are many cinemas in and around near us. There's like three different major uh, chains that are in the city that Tom's in, Southampton, and none of them were showing it. No one yeah. was showing it. You just you couldn't get a screen. We had, we managed to find one in a little everyman cinema, um, and and that's it. And we we had like a couple of days to see it as well because as we know, like tomorrow uh, the new Bond movie's out, and that is just going to dominate every screen in the UK till the end of time. <laughs> um, well, at least until Eternals comes out, I reckon that's going to ba- basically have a complete ownership of the cinemas for the. For the <clears throat> yeah, um, it's so between it's, that, like Shang Chi and Spider Man, like yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but like, yeah, it's a real shame that they that is how it's ended up going because I feel like, and that we made the massive point of no, we have to go see this at the cinema because looking yeah. at that trailer, you can tell this is going to be something to behold, and I'm so glad I got to watch it on a big screen. Same, and because it, it is just like from a yeah, it was and the the imagery that we like, I think it was it must have been like a four K screen that we were watching. Like it wasn't a projector, was it? Uh, I don't know to be honest. I hadn't. I don't think so because I wasn't. I didn't notice there like a light because the we went to this Everyman Cinema. Where I don't know if you've been to them before, but they're like these little sort of art house cinemas where you got like, like a little boutique. Sort yeah, of. but they got, so they're not like a big multiplex, but like. The way it is, like, it's a quite a small room, and you're and you're in like sofas and stuff. So you, I don't think I noticed like a a projector shining over our heads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah. feel like no, it's just a, a sharp, like crisp, big 4K screen, and that's why it looks as good as it did. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad I got to see it like that. Um, but for, for everyone else, it's on Amazon, um, and yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah, it. It's just, yeah, it's just another level, really, because it's like, it's something sort of really unique, and it's yeah. this really interesting, like, fantasy exploration that it doesn't have the, you know, it kind of leaves you guessing in a couple of ways as you go through, not just, you know, and again, not to spoil, but with the way that it ends is fairly ambiguous in certain part, and, you know, it, it teases a lot, but gives a lot as well. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't sort of play every single one of its cards, but at the same time, it doesn't sort of just hide things deliberately behind the curtain to be, you know, demure and just to be like, Oh, well, I'm not going to show you everything for no reason. It's like the thing, the secrets that it keeps are the secrets that it holds. And um, I think that the the smartest thing they do is keeping it centered on Gawain. So we only ever know yeah what he knows if you know what i mean so there are like mysteries and there are characters that just come in and then disappear and we don't know what happened to them or what the point of it all was but that is part of his journey that's how it works yeah. it's like someone will turn up there will be, an incident will happen and then it's over and he's got to then try and wrestle with it and figure out what does that mean did i do the right thing all this kind of stuff and that but that again is that true to life thing is that yeah people do you know you have encounters with people in life and sometimes you realize I didn't handle that the best way I could have done shit and there's nothing you can do about it because they're gone <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's, so there is an element of it where it's <clears throat> much as it can be frustrating to watch but you don't get you don't feel like you get that resolution I feel like that's the kind of the point yeah and there's a lot of sort of realism in that as well because you do sort of go well that is life yeah. that is how things especially especially in you know it's, it's it seems so impossible now to be in a in a disconnected world yeah you know because we are always like hyper connected and very very online all the time yeah you know especially like myself for example like what i do from a daily from a day-to-day basis you know is it's impossible to not be online but then you sort of you, you look at it in the way that this film 
pulls everything together and you go, oh, these people are just just leaving. Or, yeah, or, yeah it's just a really, I don't know, like an interesting dichotomy and like the way that it breaks things down and you really feel like you're with Gawain the whole time. Yeah, exactly. The frustrations that he feels are the frustrations that you feel and, you know, you become you become attached to him, and well, he's not exactly a likable character. No, not at times. Like you, you just you get the feel. Like I think again, Dev Patel does, does such a great job of showing you that that inner struggle, that inner not like when he's not sure what the right thing to do is. Yeah, and that because that he's confronted with situations like that over and over again throughout the movie, and again, that's the kind of the idea is that it is meant to be this coming of age story where. You've got to understand, you know, you, you're confronted with these things. You've got to figure out what the best thing to do is. And he, so much of it is done without dialogue. It's yeah. just done with just with his own, just and they, well, and a, they tr- what? There's a portion of the film that's oh, 20 minutes, don't, 20 minutes time. without any dialogue. Are you talking about that sequence towards the end? Yeah. I, that blew my mind and that is my favorite part of the whole movie i think it's honestly really well it's everything that i'm talking about in terms of visual storytelling and just like laying their cards on the table and not literally not needing anyone to speak because they're that Mm. good because the acting is that good and the the filmmaking is that good that they didn't need it and like there is this 20 minute and it's and not only that it's some of the more complicated more epic like there are loads of people on shot there's loads there's just they are some of the more yeah epic um, yeah. parts of the movie are done like that and no one says anything but you still understand but, exactly what's going on how people feel about it how much time has passed you know everything just by looking at the screen and I think it's fucking brilliant um, um, yeah. yeah we'll talk about it after the spoilers exactly what that's <laughs> but yeah I think that that was the, the bit that really blew me away really um, more it so is amazing like, yeah I think and I think more so than like the the giants and stuff as much as they were kind of yeah, you know, they were spectacular and they, they they did their thing. You see it in the trailers and it's like, okay, wow. But I feel like having gone through the whole journey, when you get to that sequence at the end, that is where the, that's the big money maker, really. That's the, yeah, that's the oh shit moment for me, anyway. Yeah, that's what really. Uh, you know, we bought a ticket, but that's what gave us what we came to see. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, I think like, cause I can imagine some people going in like the way they sort of pitched it as well. Um, like you watch the trailer and there are these moments where like, where Gawain like steps up to the green knight and he has this like really cool moment where he like jumps over the table and he's got the sword in his hand and he looks like a badass. And then there are yeah. moments, like, they show moments in the trailer where like he's shouting up at the giants and he holds this giant ax up. And I feel like they're kind of selling it to be more of a uh, yeah. action orientated medieval thing than it actually yeah. is. So I can imagine some people being pissed off by that. Um, That's one of the things that I wanted to sort of say mm. was, it, and it, it didn't really affect what I, like my viewing of it, because I kind of knew what I was getting myself in for yeah, because of, we, we and, you know. Idea I, of what it was going to be, didn't we? Yeah, because like knowing it's a, you know, an A24 film, you go, right, I have a degree of expectation about this. But I think there was, yeah, there, there was a bit of the, what was almost an undue expectation in there that it was going to have a little bit more action to it. Yeah. And whilst, you know, and I wasn't disappointed in the slightest, I actually preferred what we got. It's, I, think, I can imagine, yeah, like you say, it's not going to sit comfortably with I every audience. Like what they should have done in terms of selling it more is like have more of the stuff from like the from the castle, basically, when they get to the castle, and that's where they get the, some of the bigger name actors are in, at that point. So it's Alicia Vikander and Joel Edgerton, um, yeah, are the people that he meets at this castle. And that's like of all the episodic bits, that's the one that takes the longest. And that sounds like that's what happens in the um in the poem as well they're, they're spending, yeah. there's a decent amount of it given to that but i feel like that those sequences and like the tension and all that those sort of inter, the interplays between those people are what should that's what they should have put more of in the trailer mm. that would have given people a, be, a better expectation of what the actual the film was actually going to be like um, yeah and maybe yeah but having said that it's not like i don't think we're it's not like loads of people are rushing out to see it and get it's not like no, I don't think we're going to have a drive situation where that lady got ang- angry because she thought drive was going to be like a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> um, and yeah, tried to sue the company because she was bored. Um, <sighs> I don't think, yeah, 
I don't think we're going to get that. Um, no, thank God. <laughs> no, uh, because like I say, I feel like, and that's what was good about the screen that we were at last night. With the exception of a couple of people, you get the, you did get the feeling that pretty much everyone there was a proper film fan who that you have to seek yeah. this, you have to seek this out in order to find it. Um, and and like even to a point where the Amazon Studios thing came up at the beginning, and I went boo, and someone else did something similar. Someone else went hey. And there was a little, <laughs> little laugh because we all like clearly is like oh we're a bunch of film fans here and we don't like the fact that, <laughs> yeah. we don't like the fact that like Amazon or Netflix or whatever one of these streaming services have come in and bought this good film that we we've, we've all paid to see at the cinema even though, <laughs> even though we've all got a script subscription for it at home because we're these bougie like arseholes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's 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 exactly it. Was the like it's yeah. one of those moments where you go. We're all in this together, yeah. and we came to an everyman to see this. Yeah, but if we couldn't, we would have watched it on Amazon. Yeah, if we really got stuck and there was literally no way of doing it, then I would have yeah accepted the fact that we have to watch it here. I would have maybe I would have invested in a bigger TV. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stop buying bigger TVs. But they just—it's not it doesn't take up the whole wall yet, Tom. No, that's not what a TV does. What? What are you talking about? TV isn't designed to take up your whole wall. Oh, you and I have very different ideas about interior design. Maybe we'll, we'll talk <laughs> offline. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, before we get... So I think we've talked about all the stuff that we loved about it and like some of the issues we might have had with it without spoiling it. So I think, do we want to get into spoilers now and get into some of the specific... Yeah, I think we should. Um, I will say, yeah, just from a, if you're... I don't know. I'd say give it give it a try. Give it a try. Given, given that it's available for most people on Amazon, I'd say get, try it. You may not like it. You may not stick with it through the whole thing. I completely understand why, but I feel like if it grabs you and you're in the right frame of mind for it, this can be will be an amazing film for you. Um, yeah. And I feel like it will become a bit of a cult classic in years to come, and people will still be talking about it in years to come. I think that's the main thing. Um, and I feel like, yeah, like I it, I remember the feeling the same way about us when we saw us in that it's like there are so many layers of meaning and stuff going on in this and i want to go away and study it yeah like i want to i want to really like dig deep into it and really like to appreciate it properly you need to watch it a couple of times and really like delve into it um so that is what i'm looking forward to doing with this movie um more so than anything really i feel that's what it deserves um but yeah yeah and it, it i would say if you enjoy films like you know, drive if you enjoy films like I think yeah, drive's not a bad um stepping off point actually. Yeah, that. like drive and like the lighthouse and all these films are like uh yeah, like non-standard cinema. So something like left of center of what you would expect from normal cinema. If you enjoyed those films and you enjoy those sort of independent films that might leave you with a sense of longing in places or you know leave you to make some of the decisions up about what happens in the film then go and see like, it like, even things like um i think it, another sort of good uh touchstone for this would probably be things that anything that like denny even has done so like uh, blade runner 2049 yeah you like were engaged and, and didn't like because there'll be people there are certain parts of people you know there are different people in terms of how they felt about that film in particular some people would have found it boring and introspective and a bit navel gazy and a bit near and some people would have think it's fucking amazing and it blows them away and i know you and i are much further in that second camp um, yeah i feel like it's if, one of my favorite films yeah and if you are in that second camp and that's how you feel about 2049 you probably will feel something similar to the green knight potentially um yeah and the same with things like arrival and yeah a few of his movies actually in terms of denny venue um i think is a good touching point because they are long yeah no, i agree they're thinking you know they're they're not they're very um methodical in that they're not about wham bam you know they're not blockbusters in the same sense but they've got all the blockbuster sensibilities in certain ways uh, yeah and that's where people fall down sometimes they go in expecting there to be a big action you know um, spectacle and then there isn't and then you know there is a little bit of that but then a lot of it is just you know ryan gosling shouting at a computer and they get annoyed um, <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing like yeah <laughs> I, yeah, watch twenty four nine again. I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to do a Denis Villeneuve um, grand rewatch actually before doing. And you've still not seen Prisoners, haven't you? I haven't. I can't. It's too. That's hard, man. It's one of those ones where I know what the subject matter is, and it just looks so difficult to watch. It looks so like, it's... raw and fucking 
yeah I, and yeah, it is yeah. and that's what makes it so amazing yeah i know i do but that's the film that turned me around on hugh jackman yeah yeah i know and well i've always yeah hugh jackman is up there for me and when he's good but then for me it's jin hall who i've always rated oh, yeah he's my favorite actor so um, but yeah i know I, do, I will watch it i will watch it at some point anyway we've got completely off the point that's the green knight go and seek it out or try it out on amazon if you're up for it um but we'll do a bit of a spoiler tag here and talk about some of the specifics yeah. and what's different from the book and all that sort of stuff so yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one if you're out now bye Um, bye, 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 bye. Right, so what's going on? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> what? So, so in the in the original text, yes, in the sacred texts, the sacred Jedi texts. <laughs> read, read them. Did you? Page turners, they are not. Page turners, um, they were not. Uh, yeah. So, so, it's a lot more about chivalry. Yeah. And whilst it is in this, essentially, so, you know, if, if you've seen it, by, if, if you stuck around for the spoiler tags, then you've seen it. If not, basically, he goes on the quest to do this thing after sort of being very unsure about it. And the whole time that every time something happens to him, it's down to, you know, they keep, addressing this uh this five-pointed star which we see as a symbol of the occult now mm. but back then was a reference to sort of nobility okay so each point of the star represents a different facet of the personality that somebody who was a knight that should hold so it's it's like you know fellowship and uh generosity and so all, all these different things and that's basically what his challenges are is to see if he's worthy to become or, or to be the knight and if he can stand up to his sort of um um yeah if, if he's worthy is basically you know to be a knight and to stand up as a knight and you know his chastity his fellowship his you know the way that he should be yeah. And they kind of do that in here, but they contemporize it a lot. Yeah. Um, so the, the the main point of what happens is that is in the book is when he goes to this castle, he's told, which in the film, they just have the three people there. So they have the Lord played by Joel Edgerton. Mm. They have the lady of the house played by, um, Alicia Vikander, and then they have an old woman. Yeah, what was she all about? So the old it. woman <laughs> is. <laughs> That's another one. So the old about. woman is um, Morgan Le Fay. Oh fuck! Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So and then yeah. she is um, and basically with. Uh, <laughs> is it? Uh, in Excalibur, I think it was. Or, oh yeah yeah or one of those and it was because yeah, there's a story where it's um liam neeson fell in love with her when, she, when he just saw her walking around the corner and went fuck as she was dressed as morgan <laughs> Fett, apparently um, he tells he tells the story in graham Norton. I'll, I'll send you the link it's funny <laughs> brilliant <laughs> but him, um yes yeah anyway so she's morgan Fay, and she's essentially behind the whole thing uh, okay so she's the person that has sent the Green Knight mm. to challenge, to test the sort of the worthiness of, of his knights. So to challenge this sort of the oaths that they make and the credibility and the character of who they are mm -hmm. and what they do in these heroic acts. Now, what they do in this is they still have the same agreement when the Lord says, you can stay here and I will bring you I will grant you a promise that I will give you whatever and you can stay here for however long. But with the gifts that I give you, you must give me anything that you receive here. Yeah. Anything that you receive here. Yeah. 
What, now, what do I have to receive that is not already yours? I love some of that shit. Yeah, I do love like that the way they talk to one another and all that sort of like riddles and stuff is brilliant. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, gone. And it's so like it's so old fashioned, but it's so honorific as well because it's yeah. it's it speaks in such sort of grandiosity about like, yeah. the the English language is so refined at that but point like, rather than the. What is is I think it's just the the actors are all taking it seriously. They're not. There's not. Everyone's on the same page on this one. Like sometimes with with these sort of costume drama type things, there's always one who's hamming it up a little bit too much. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? There's always there's always one. But with this one, I feel like everyone was in the same frame of mind, and everyone approached it with the same the right level of sort of seriousness. Um, yeah. There's no none of that sort of like mindless soliloquizing that you might yeah. get in like a Shakespeare production where everybody knows all the texts. Yeah, inside and out. Like that, in, there's another sequence that I thought was amazing. Is that there was that uh, like monologue that Alicia Vikander has about why why is he green? What is green? What does green mean? And like, yeah, it's just brilliantly shot where it, like it slowly zooms in on her face as across. And it's one. There are so many oneers in this as well. Mm. <clears throat> How we, like the oneer with Barry Keogh. Oh god, going across the the battlefield yeah, of the, the dead. Whole, sort of the thing. whole battlefield scene. He's literally going across, and then at one point, like a whole like plume of smoke like goes over them, and they just keep going. It's all just one shot. It's crazy. It's mad. <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um. Anyway, sorry, I keep diverting. We're, we're talking about the um the people in the castle. Yeah. So he goes into the castle, and basically that's where he's given the green sash. Okay. So and she tells him beforehand. Then. Yeah. So that's, in well, the film, he's though. given it by his mum. Yeah. And then it's taken away from him when he crosses the paths with Keon's character. Yeah. And then he sort of earns it back by by acting in certain uh, a way that sort of esteems him of valour. You know, okay, like, so, so like... He, for, so if you notice, everything that he gets, he loses everything right at the start when he's robbed. And then he, um, every time he sort of does something that would be like representative of the sort of facets of what a good knight should be, mm. he's rewarded. Right. Yeah. So it's like strength, valor, like yeah, all those things. Yeah. 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 So it's like virtue and all, all, all of these different things. So if you think like, and when he doesn't do those things, he's punished. All with, and then you get to the sort of the point at the end where she's where you find out that it's, as long as he's wearing that sash, nothing's gonna, he's not gonna come to harm. Yeah. And you think that's all well and good, but sometimes, you know, that's like being invincible isn't being responsible. Yeah. And like, and getting, allowing yourself to get hurt is how you grow as a person. It's like that whole thing of like the, the fear, yeah. like that crippling fear of not like it, it's obviously a, a literal way they're talking about it here, where, it, where it's like literally getting your head chopped off. But like, it's like there's an element of it where it's like that isolationism of just going, no, I'm never going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And you feel him yeah. in that, particularly in that sequence that we're talking about at the end. He closes himself yeah. off, and he's like part of the reason that he never speaks is the fact that he is this sort of paranoid, monolithic, like, and that's part of it. Like, he's he's jealous of his safety, sort of thing, and it's like he doesn't open himself up to anyone or anything. And yeah, he's constantly wearing this, and they have these moments where someone goes to take the sash off, and he's like, "Nope, never take it off, never take it off." He's like, he's so terrified. You see that even when he's like sleeping with his new wife, or. Yeah. Where with Alicia Vikander, who's the person that he loves, he or he appears to, um, like he still refuses to take it off. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so he's given that sash at that point. So basically, over the three days that he's there, she tries to seduce him. The first day he stays strong. The second day, it, she kisses him, and then he kisses the Lord. And there, the second day, she kisses him twice, and he kisses the Lord twice as he's leaving. Um, but because he kisses her twice, she gives him the green sash. Mm. Uh, but he doesn't give the Lord the sash. Right. 
which is like the again like the falling virtues is that he he lost his honor at that point so when he goes to see the green knight and he goes to the chapel the first time the knight goes to swing the axe he cowers away and the second time he uh he accepts it yeah but the the knight swings the axe and it cuts him in the neck and it cuts down to uh it cuts quite deeply so enough that he knows that he's bleeding you can see the blood um because it's christmas it's oh, i think it's new year's day sorry mm. um he sees the blood there and they sort of describe that it's gone into the it's gone through broken the skin and is causing a wound but into the fat so it's not life-threatening sort of thing and it's presumed that that's um that the sash has saved him right or that uh, and then he turns to the knight and says um no you must do this you must do this and like goes to take, goes to take off the sash and starts addressing the knight directly and saying, no, I have to do this now. I have to face up to my adversity. I have to face up to this challenge. This is why I've come here. This is why I've done this thing. I've been dishonest to you. And this is this. And then you find out that the green knight is the Lord from the manor. Oh, okay. And has been, um, and that this is all a test from Morgan Le Fay mm. to test the, valor of these knights okay so yeah and very, very different to what they did in the film then yeah but then he returns to camelot mm. and when he returns to camelot he speaks to arthur in the court and he says uh i wear this scar as my mark of shame uh, so I wear this mark as my mark of shame and I continue this sash to remind me to be always be truthful. Okay. And then that's how, and then all the knights of the round table will start wearing a green sash as a reminder to be honest and a reminder to be truthful. And it's this message about, you know, the green knight addresses him and says, you know, I, yeah, I did cut your neck and that's what you get now. Like, I, you've come here and I, the, the presumption was that I was going to cut you was, I was going to sort of rid you of your head sort of thing, but I never said that, yeah. you know, you've, you've come, our pact has been made. You've completed it. You've come here. I've struck you with a blow as agreed. Yeah. And that's the way it was just, you know, you've been honest with me now. Yeah. So you can be honest, even right up until the face of death. And that's another thing that sort of you get that understanding, but it becomes the fact that throughout all the trials that Gawain faces in the story and in the book, he succeeds all but the um, telling the Lord about the sash. Right. Whereas in the film, he fails on all of them. Mm. But he still gets to that point, and that's when he learns his lesson. Yeah. Is right at the end after he has this sort of period of introspection where he sees his future. So yeah. it works cinematically better. Yeah. And it works more functionally. But it is, yeah, it, there is that understanding there that you go, okay, right, I see what we're, we're getting at here. So it's, and that's the thing, like, so it's not, neither one is better than the other. I preferred the film because reading a translated 14th century poem isn't exactly fun. Yeah. yeah. But you I, know, I think that's what I was talking about in terms of the way they've interpreted. So all that, everything you just said in terms of like the, the decision that he has to make and how he arrives at that decision and all the rest of it, that you can explain all that in, in um, poetry in a different way words are a different you know a, a way of interpreting that whereas with this what they do is they give you that sequence that we talked about earlier that we didn't want to spoil mm. where it is this long long drawn out sequence it must be 15 20 minutes where you see and you feel like this is what's happening he he was a coward if you like 
ran away from the Green Knight, found his horse just miraculously there, and then rode back to Camelot. And then he, but then he lives out a whole life, and you see him become the new king, and you see him have um, children, and you see that those children grow up. You see him on a battlefield, and then the, and going to see his child die on the battlefield for him, and his men fighting for him, and like the way the the public feel about him. And yeah. what he's like as a king. You see him like spurn the, the mother of his child, his firstborn child, in favor of who is also played by Alicia Vikander, in this weird little arc thing they have going out throughout the whole thing. Is that she is the girl that he like loved from back home, and then she's played by the same actress when you come to see the lady at the yeah at the car, which is this weird like. And there are other things like that where I was like, there are things that got set up that I thought was going to happen. So like. The scene with Aaron Kellerman, um, yeah. where she talks about, oh, there was a knight came here. Um, was it you? She says, it might have been you. And I, I fought him off, but then he took my head. I was like, is he going to be one of those weird like time paradox things where on the journey back, he does that, and that is him. But it hasn't Oh, uh, okay. That's what I, where I thought they were going with that. But now that yeah. was, I was like, well, maybe that was meant to be Barakio who did that, because that's how the axe ended up there. But probably not. I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, or is it like an, like an alternate? Like, uh, you know, this is what what you could have done. You could like he had, like because you said that there was a a knight who wanted to take my virtue from me or whatever or however she puts it. Yeah, and it wanted to lay with me. Yeah, wanted to lay with me, and I and I and I said no, but then I I fought him off, and then he broke the door down and took my head. Um, and like the question was, he looked, he was like you, was it you? And I yeah. thought maybe that was what they were going to get at is that it was like, again, almost like what they did at the end of the movie where it was like, this is how it could have gone sort of thing. Yeah, because I looked up that Winifred thing and it's essentially, um, it's not far off that. Like she was this fair maiden that lived alone and, you know, one day a knight came to court her and she spurned his marriage proposal and he cut off her head. And where her head fell uh, a spring popped up hmm. and like a spring for a healing spring formed and i think that's kind of so they definitely do the spring because she sort of says oh this thing but it's i don't know how far they get into like, the healing side of things no um but yeah i mean even that sequence like there were moments in that where he's diving underwater and the whole everything turns red and it's just like the shots in this like there's so many yeah shots. yeah <clears throat> um but yeah. an amazing use of color yeah exactly but and yeah the keown bit is like so that's weird and but even like early on so there's the keown bit and then you get so the, what happens at the end of the keown bit is he gets tied up and left for dead and then they have this like this is this amazing like um i don't want to call it like a uh circle shot it's just everything going around going yeah. around in a circle where it's panning across the whole um forest and then as it pans past Gawain again it's like he's rotted to nothing and he's literally just a skeleton laying yeah. in the exact same position and then it pans around again and it's there again and that was one of those ones where it's like i can almost imagine in, in my head how that would have been written in a poem like the idea yeah. of like it was like a nightmare that he had that is like why well, if i can't get out of here then i can i'll be here forever and my bones will turn to dust and all the and like that's like his inner monologue and this is their way of interpreting that and putting that on screen without giving us an inner monologue do you know what i mean yeah and that's what i mean where i say is like it's like a a visual poem that's that's the, exactly the kind of scene that i'm talking about yeah and that's and that that's the thing because you see there, there is a point the the interlude for example mm. there is a point when they specifically say about him like bivouacking in caves yeah and like you hear that he has to like face these challenges of like hunters wolves dogs and bears and uh boars mm. but he they just that's literally like one paragraph and they don't even they don't go into any details about it no. They say that he, like, there's a point when he's, oh, I can't remember the specific wording they used, when they say that he sort of saw off, or he was accosted by giants. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and then it's, it is really interesting, because it's like the, the, um, the occult stuff with, who are presumably his sisters and mum, 
Uh, like there's just there's one moment where it's like someone shouts, "Your mum's a witch," and he like takes the bloke outside and starts to hit. You know, yeah, beat starts him beating him up. And then, but the, the way they do that as well, though, is like the the way you could interpret it at the beginning is that his mum summons the Green Knight. Yeah, and it's like she's doing it on purpose to, so that he can show how great he is in front of the king, and it's all like her machinations. Like they almost yeah, her, like a bit of what you were saying about Morgan Le Fay and how she was pulling all the strings. They almost give some of that to the mum instead. Yeah, because that's what I thought that they were doing, and yeah. I was like, and they it, they kind of did a bit of both, didn't they? Because they like say they don't completely write out the Morgan Le Fay element of it because there is that woman there, and there is this this sense that despite the fact that she's blind she's like always watching like there's the moment after he has this you know the seduction scene with alicia vikander they cut over and there's there she is like she's always yeah. there no one addresses the fact that she's there as well that's the weird thing about it like no one he sits down at dinner and there's like four of them sat around on the table and no one ever says anything about the woman <laughs> the old woman with the fucking bandages around her head yeah no one gets into this don't we we, we 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 don't talk about that here no, like Joel Kinnaman's acting all normal. Ah, like, oh, come rest a while. Oh no, the, the the chapel's just two days away. He seems like fairly normal at that point, but like yeah. still, there's this massive elephant in the room. That there's this old woman with. <laughs> Is no one going to talk about this? Okay, fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that. It is. It's a brilliant film. Like I think, well, honestly, I could be here all night talking about it because yeah, I really enjoyed. Film both the poem and the and and the film yeah and like it'd be really good to talk more through it but i don't want to just talk everyone's ear off for the rest of the night no please do because given what our last episode was like where i just talked non-stop about james bond for two and a half hours listen we'll get there we've got spider-man films coming up so true yeah the spider-man film well eternals i know nothing about as well so I'll eternals we've got spider-man we've got halloween, halloween we got... again that's another one i'm gonna have to defer to Heading... on that one um, hard into spooky season which spooky is my season. Uh, yeah uh yeah it's my normally i watch a horror film a day throughout october mm. so i just about managed it last year i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do it this year but i'm gonna sure as fuck try okay <laughs> but um but yeah and it's it's so good because the the, the the messaging that it leans in with sort of contemporizes that message that you can still Again, like I was saying earlier, you know, you can still right until the very last minute face up with two, you know, being and doing the right thing, even if it's going to cost you life. Yeah. You know, and it's as, as we go through and see that montage, there's the understanding that you think, right, well, he understands that he's just going to be racked by guilt his whole life. He knows what's going to happen in this situation. He knows how his life's going to go. He'll end up being the king, and this will happen, and this will happen. And then, despite knowing that he's going to live a long life, yeah, and the, but I just he love still that, sacrifices it. Yeah, I just love like yeah, that whole sequence is amazing. Like when they have the the whole idea that like the the is under they're under siege at Camelot, and he's just sat there like resigned to it, like the way he sat on the throne waiting for them to come through the door. And as they yeah. come through the door, he just takes the sash off, and then his head just falls off. Yes, yeah. it's, so, it's so fucking like yeah, it's amazing. Like the just the the visuals of the whole thing is just unreal. I've never seen anything. Yeah, like it's it. fucking amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again actually, and sort of and like say exploring it more. Yeah. Um, and uh, delving deep into it, I think it will it will become a cult classic. Um, and at the end of the day, speaking of seasonal movies, this is a Christmas game that is being played. So I can imagine this becoming <laughs> a, new, a Christmas movie in years to come. <laughs> Yeah, set at Christmas. It's got set a strong message about yep. traditional that leads you back round. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, in the in the book, it's New Year's. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not as fun though, is it? No. No. Everyone's more hungover. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say, really. No, I think that kind of wraps up. To be honest. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, those are our thoughts on The Green Knight. Um, thanks for sticking with us to this point, if you have. Hopefully that means you've seen the movie. Um, and if you have, let us know what you thought. Did it? Did, it, did you switch off yeah. after half an hour? Like, you know, or did you like yeah. the whole thing? Were you engrossed in it? Did you pick up on things that we didn't notice? Um, yeah, just by all means, get in touch and let us know about that. You can get us on the usual channels on uh, 
you know instagram and facebook and all the places where we're going to be posting the episode um yeah so we'll get this out and then we're also obviously we are in the middle of bond season um it's going to be it's very <laughs> short-lived bond season uh because it's basically there's one one last thing to do and that is no time Just to die die there's just no time to die tom um yeah. so yeah uh we are going to be going and seeing that um imminently we're going to see it tomorrow night um it's all very exciting um i've had my tux pressed um i'm ready to go um you better so, be wearing a tux oh fuck yeah um but yeah we'll be doing that that will be the next one and then there's there's a little bit of a gap and then there's some interesting stuff coming out towards the end of um october um we've got yeah we've got uh the halloween kills the new halloween movie where's um there's venom i think we can probably skip uh, <laughs> um and yeah lots of other things so it'll be interesting actually comparing this to uh the new ridley scott movie actually thinking about it um, yeah because that is much more, a much more traditional um sort of costume drama if you like medieval costume drama which will be a lot less i imagine there'll be a lot less flair to it but it'll be much more what people are expecting and that's got some heavy hitters in terms of the acting um you know the, the cast they put together for that so that'll be interesting if we end up seeing that yeah um and then yeah there's loads of stuff coming up um and then obviously uh dune again is coming up at the end of the month um so there'll be plenty to be getting on with um but thanks for listening to this one and we will see you on the next one as we probably delve into bond yeah we'll do a big old bond and then come back with some other goodies exactly yeah Um, all right uh i should go because that sounds like a helicopter that's right overhead so i need to are they right keep a low profile they found me Uh, okay well have fun with that um enjoy the gas riots of 2021 that's where we're at (laughs) at the moment (laughs) to a point where i may not be able to make it to bond unless i get on a train tomorrow that's literally what we were discussing off air it's fucking crazy yeah it's a crazy crazy (laughs) time to be alive honestly anyway thanks for listening everybody and that's because we went to go see the green knight in fucking winchester god damn it anyway thanks for listening (laughs) if it wasn't for that i'd have plenty of petrol it wouldn't be a problem Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you on the next one. (laughs) Next time. I'll tell you what, though. I fucking hate driving around Winchester, especially at night. (laughs) Fucking confusing, man. It's the weirdest. It's like there's no logic to it. Like roads just end halfway through. Because it's like a thousand years old. Yeah, exactly. It's built for fucking horse and cart fuck's sake it's just it's it not, literally literally is i know it is it's just like it's not right it's like roads just come to that ra- random end like halfway through on when you're on a bed and you go oh no you got to stop here and wait for someone else to go oh have i yep yep it's just like it's or pit- they're not designed to be big enough for modern cars to yeah. fit down oh it was worse on the drive in because it was shitting down with rain as well i had just no idea yep. where the fuck i was going was... Hmm. um see i used to do that drive twice a day every day yeah so you kind of get used to it after a while but yeah it's fucking it's like uh, is, is that green light for me no no I'm that's right. for the the fourth century priest that used to yeah. rule the land that's the for that group of plague doctors walking across the street oh right yeah mm. <laughs> and it's only green because they carry the the correct toxin and like I yeah, I, I pulled up a traffic light and then fucking Barry Keogh turned up and I said he asked me for some coins for for his kindness. And I said, yeah. I don't know what's going on here, mate. I thought you you were a lot older than this. And he said, No, we filmed this like five years ago. It's only just come out.